This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Akamath and includes mentions of Garden State, The Craft, Practical Magic, and The Fifth Element. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing a cult classic favorite movie of mine, a first watch for Jessica and very on theme for Valentine's Day. This is, of course, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Jessica, I'm just dying to know everything. It was so smart and right off the bat like i i don't know if it was just like the filmmaker like just from like a cinematography point of view but it reminded me of garden state but i think it's because it was probably like you have the manic pixie dream girl you have the it was the same time this came out in 2005 that came out in 04 um jim carrey wow i have only known him as a comedic actor I think when I saw The Truman Show, I was so young that it was probably one of those things that I had, like, the adults had me watch because I didn't understand anything. And I never watched it again as an adult. So I've only known him in his comedic roles. And what what talent? I mean, everybody in this movie. Yeah, like, everybody in this movie. Uh, I don't think, I was thinking about this earlier in my shower thoughts, that I have made it clear that, like, Kate Winslet is everything right like i love her everything she does she she is the movie yes like like this and and this movie like she shines i i believe she was nominated uh for an oscar for this movie but oh my god she's she's just so good and jim carrey is this is my favorite role for him. Like, uh, you know, I love him in a lot of things, but this specifically, he's he's perfect and understated and shy and and like insecure and uh, and and like a little boy a, a lot of the times, and it, and it's just so different and and beautiful from him. Ugh, ugh. But the cast. Uh, so, did you? What did you know going into this? Um. That, I just knew about Jim Carrey and then Kate Winslet. I pretty much went into this blind. And then about 15 minutes in, I decided to read, like, the brief description. And there was two different descriptions that I was given. So I go, like, is this... I thought it might be a sci-fi movie, but it's not. However, it gives me lots of... Um, th- there's a Black Mirror episode that's similar to, like, the erasing of your memories and your past. And it reminded me a lot of that, which makes it feel like this movie was ahead of its time. Like now you could talk about it in regular conversation, but I feel like in 2004, that would not have been the case unless you're part of a very niche specific sci-fi fantasy community. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. That was me. (laughs) It's me. Uh, Yeah. So I saw this when it came out and it changed my life, obviously. Uh, so I didn't see this in theaters. I saw it like a year after when it was on, like released on DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it then and it was obviously mind blowing, but it was the first time that I had seen uh, the a relationship like this with the the destruction of a relationship like this, but the bickering and the fighting and the, so like now we have, uh, the very fantastic fight in All Too Well with Taylor Swift that is it's very similar to to what is happening in the fights here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this, you know, way before. Um, it, it was the first time I'd seen this, and I was just like, oh, my God, okay. Okay. I, I recognize this. Yeah, and I feel like there's so much... It, it's it's the, the relationship, the fall, like, the, the rise and the demise 
of a relationship. And it's betrayed so beautifully. Like there's um there's a part like right right in within the first ten minutes of the film, Jim Carrey says, Why do I fall in love with every woman I see who gives me the slightest bit of attention? And right before we had started recording, I said that line just reminded me so much of Feyre with Tamlin and, you know, her confessing this to, to Reese and Akamath. And it, it, I feel like that that's there's many people who can relate to that when you can look at your when you can do that self-reflection and realize, you know, the growth that you've had in those moments after a relationship and when you have that emotional maturity to to reflect. Ugh, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, <laughs> so is this, does this movie have a happy ending? We don't know. I, I like that's sort of, like, it's so rhetorical, right? Do we want to outline the premise of the movie before we get into it? Because I feel like we want to, there's a question that I want to ask before we get into the episode, but do you want to kind of summarize it? Okay, I su- summarize it. Uh, summarize it. Eternal Sunshine is a sci-fi dramedy that is about the rise and fall of a relationship between a manic pixie dream girl and a very shy man. And uh, at the end of this relationship, the manic pixie dream girl gets her memories erased and then her ex-boyfriend finds out about it. He also does it. And then shenanigans ensue. How's that? Okay, that works. Right? Like, so, <laughs> without giving anything away. Without giving anything right. away. Like, so that being said, would you have had the procedure that Kate and Jim Carrey have? This is a really fantastic question, and I would really love to answer it at the end of this episode. Okay. I want it to, like, stew in the back of my head while I talk okay. this out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we will answer that question. We will not forget. We will not forget. I'm going to write a sticky note. This is answer the question. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So you said, Jess, that you looked into what this movie was about like 15 minutes in. Now that's because this is a long, like cold open, right? Right. We have a really long scene with them with no explanation, no titles, no nothing. What did we feel here? Like, you had no idea what was going on. Like, I felt like right off the bat, I go, I, I love how, you know, I feel like sometimes people go, oh, Valentine's Day is, you know, and he says it is this capitalistic holiday made up by greeting cards, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people. And then, you know what? He straight up had a no bones day. He was not going to go. He was not going to go to work. He calls his boss. And I mean, talk about how you could tell it's still dated. People had cell phones, but they didn't use them as regularly as they did. So he's calling his boss from the payphone, <laughs> And he goes, fuck it. I think it's food poisoning. And goes on his way um and then you know i I liked the cold open i was just wondering i was just like okay where is this going Mm -hmm. you know and everything in that moment i I just i think we've all been there you're like oh it's just and it doesn't necessarily mean valentine's day it's just like it's that kind of day you don't want to go to work you just need to focus but, you know, you know, you need a mental health day. And that's what he did. He took a mental health day and went out to Montauk in the middle of February. And why did he do that? Let, let's really get into why he did this. Okay. So the, the first shot in the movie opens up on Joel in bed in pajamas he doesn't recognize. And we hear doors closing and, like, driving away in the background. Okay. And then he's, like, weirded out through, you know, Whatever, he sees the car, he doesn't get it, you know, on and on and on and on. He's at the train station, he he has the day, he pieces out, right? Where does he go? He goes to Montauk. Why? Because, you know, it's the circle because she uh-huh. told him to in the memory. Where does he go? He goes to the house in Montauk. That she took him to. Yeah, that they went to on their first date. Okay, um, it... Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's so amazing. And then it has, you know, uh, Clementine likes nice and Joel keeps saying nice over and over again. And But then she gives him a hard time about like, don't you know any other words besides nice? 
But which is really interesting because this whole scene is really awkward, right? It, like the the it's it's Joel and it's Clementine, and they're they're both like out there. They don't know why they're in the same spot. Um, it feels very like I feel like before knowing what I know, it feels very fate serendipitous. Like they, they, they there's. There's no way they keep just they just keep having these chance encounters. And it's also very and I'm um, speaking specifically to them in the train. It's also very a stunted conversation between them two. Right. She's like she snaps at him for no reason, kind of on and off. And and it's like, wh- wh- why? He's like a stranger. Like but like she's having an off day because her identity is in a crisis and he's having an off day because he just woke up and has like the equivalent of a bad hangover. And they're both like in the spot you know like it's it's all really beautiful and in these scenes he is doing exactly what he said he would do i don't know if you picked up on that so um it's important to know i have all these notes it's important to know in this opening scene she has blue hair right okay she has blue hair with faded roots here joel says like i don't know any jokes about your name I don't know Huckleberry Hound. He's already doing it different, right? Like, because in the in the memory, in their last memory, it's like, no, I would do he's it all making, different, right? Yeah, and he is actually doing it different. He's not making the joke about her name, but that was that was something that when I rewatched, I picked up on that. But then it made me wonder: was he doing it differently because of that reason, or was it erased? that he made the joke so he couldn't make the joke again. Like he didn't remember to not make the joke. I think that, see, and this is, this is a really good point to make. So I don't have not uh, read any like analysis on this movie because I enjoy the way that this movie makes me feel. I enjoy just my own watch of it. I don't want anyone's opinion to like taint it of like all of it. So the way that I read this is like, even if all of that stuff with Clem like, even if all of that didn't happen, he uh, still had his mother singing that song to him in the sink as a child. Right. So, like, he still he still has that memory. So he, whatever happens is, like, he's consciously, like, choosing it. It's almost like he, he's consciously, sub, like, consciously slash yeah. subconsciously yeah. trying to make a difference. To do it differently, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because he has... He, that base memory is never is not going to go anywhere. No, and he has like a lot. I mean, you realize that like in those quote unquote flashback scenes of a lot of unresolved childhood trauma that he has with his mother. I mean, when when Clem isn't giving him attention, and then you find out like all he wants is attention from it. Like, why isn't anybody paying attention to him? And the one person who did was like the mom's friend or neighbor, in which he assigns Clem that role because she's like, wait, who am I? And he's like, oh, I know this memory. And he's realizing those little, like he's, he might not necessarily be connecting those traumas, but he, he recognizes what he is looking for and what he's seeking, like unintentionally seeking out in others. And that scene is beautiful for a lot of reasons, uh, specifically the way that it is like practically shot. Right. It's very minimal CGI. Like, I know you didn't read a lot of stuff, but I did read some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was just minimal CGI and, like, perspective something it's called. I don't remember. It's why it holds up so well. Like, it doesn't doesn't date. Like, it's perfect. That's like with what – I was going to say practical magic, but when we watched The Craft, it was all Mm -hmm. practical – SFX and not CGI, except for the figures. The fifth element is also very similar to that. Um, But – but uh, so in um, the 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 way that Joel is able to vocalize these childhood like feelings, I find very fascinating. So he's like, gosh, you know, I just want her to hold me like it's, and then he's like, it's really weird how strong that urge is. Like, why is that urge so strong? Like, I just I just want to be held like I, I find that just so amazing. And such something that, like, is not, like, talked about at all. But you see that happening reflected in, like, the little mini flashbacks with his relationship with Clementine. Also, him, like, holding her or she's holding him and they're just, like, at its core, 
he's almost like projecting his traumas onto her and their relationship. Mm-hmm. And she she is such the perfect example of a manic pixie dream girl. Well, like, she she like she is very self aware that that is her character too. Like she knows who she is as a person in that in their relationship like that. And I will be lying if I said that I did not want to be her. I wanted all the hair colors. I wanted to work at Barnes and Noble. I wanted <laughs> to be like that that person. I didn't necessarily want the potato people, but I wanted, uh, you know, I, I I wanted I wanted that. Um, and and uh, spe- specifically, kind of, uh, we get Joel who's quiet and shy, and he he says like. Um, you know, I, I am like uninteresting. Like they're just, I don't have a lot to say. My journal is like blank. I, there's just not a lot going on. And, um, he kind of says like, um, you know, she makes him feel alive and, and, and all of this stuff. And then, um, we, we get their date at Lake Charles, which is like so wonderful. And then we get our, our first like kind of introduction to Elijah Wood, uh, being weird outside of the car. And I'm only bringing this yeah. up. Because this is the scene that we like loop back to right. at the end. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the, like this opening is the is the beautiful like tie kind of uh, to to tie up the story. Oh, I'm so excited! You're gonna you you have a movie that you haven't seen yet where there is something like that, and I know you'll be seeing it um, soon where there is that circle and tie, and I'm not gonna tell you which one it is. Oh yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Okay, so we get we get Joel, and we get Joel being like so heartbroken um I, I i can't express the way that it makes me feel when i watch jim carrey as joel go into barnes and noble with his valentine's day present and try to give it to her and and he and like she doesn't recognize him and he is just like Destroy, and he's so confused. He goes, "She, she. It's like she looked right through me. Had no idea who I was." Yeah, and, and like, you, and it's also like not. I mean, he's angry about it, but it's not like he could tell that it wasn't like a malicious. He was just like, it was like I wasn't right. She wasn't like it wasn't like what, like what happened. It, it was. It's just so. Oh my god! And then his friends. Oh my god! Ugh! Ugh! Oh my god! Okay. Editor Sam is very conscious of the page turning of my notes. So if you hear <laughs> shuffling, I'm sorry. I have pages and, and pages of notes. Um, so Lacuna. What What is Lacuna? So Lacuna is the... I don't even want to... It's the medical group in whatever neurological way they do it with science and tech. They remove specific memories in which you choose not to remember anymore. So in the waiting room, you have patients with memorabilia, but like contents of like past relationships. And that could be in any form. Like there was a lady in the waiting room and she had her whole, this whole box full of her, like her, her long time lifetime pet that she had. And then you have this other person who has like bowling trophies. So it's whatever is significant to you and what is making you like, I don't want to remember this anymore. Um, that is what, like, th- that. that's what this place does. It will genetically modify your memory on a neurological level. I mean, even Kirsten Dunst, she's the receptionist. And at one point, she's like trying to, she's trying to alter somebody's appointment. And she goes, that's our policy. We don't clear th- your memories more than three times in one week. So you're like, at first, I thought it was three times in a year. And I go, okay, that makes sense. But then she's like, three times in a week. Like, I guess people have embarrassing moments, but damn. <laughs> we see Kirsten as Mary printing out the the cards. And the cards is how uh, Joel fi- finds out about Lacuna in, right. in, in the first place. Because the cards go out to all the friends that say, like, this person has had this other person removed. Don't mention them ever. Like, ever, ever, ever. Right. And. And the reason that that the friends give is like, oh, well, Clem, she's impulsive. And and I find that interesting because that's the second time that word has been used. The first time is when Joel, um, you know, pieces out on work. He's like, I took a train out to Montauk. I don't know why I do that. I'm not an impulsive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have him like saying, 
I'm not impulsive. And then we have, again, we have Clem here, you know, some other people talking about her being like, oh, well, she did this thing. You know how she is. She's impulsive, you know, kind of just like drives home the manic pixie dream girl thing. Mm-hmm. So they do, as you said, like the, the brain mapping and stuff. And we see like baby Mark Ruffalo, like. And baby Mark Ruffalo's butt. And his butt. Oh, he's just adorable his in this. His little hulky butt. I know. I hope people like love him like give love to him for this um right after this we get the fight we get their breakup we get joel saying this is the last time that i saw you and we so we get a timeline here and the timeline that's when yeah and it starts working back from there yeah right so and the timeline here is um uh clementine has like tangerine hair with like roots so it's like faded right and so you know, so it's like faded orange, really. And we get this horrific fight where Joel says the like worst possible thing. And I absolutely would have left him to like, oh, my God, where she goes, oh, you're wondering if I were you wondering if I was out fucking somebody? He goes, I wasn't wondering that because I know you were because that's how you get people's attention. No, no. It goes, um, isn't that how you get people to like you? Oh, which like, oh, my God, like, I I cannot, I cannot. And then he chases after her. And then that's when everything starts to like and that and that's when it kind of moves into like, like, okay, this is going to be kind of a weird sci fi thing. Because um, the the sets, you know, start to, like, crumble around as the memories start to... The sets crumble. There's a lot of fading. Then there's the echoing. Yeah. So that was, like, easily... That's how I knew he was in his own mind at certain things. Like, he was in his mind, almost, like, astro-projecting into the, the scenario that was happening. And also a spotlight. Right. There's also a spotlight on... Yeah. And somehow... And it's a testament to the film and the writers and the filmmakers and everybody involved that it doesn't feel sci-fi. I think we're so used to when you think of sci-fi and fantasy, it has to be futuristic and space and all, you know, whatever preconceived notions that come with that genre. Um, And that's not what this is. No, no. Uh, So this is Charlie Kaufman, and he also did um, Being John Malkovich, which is very kind of similar to this. He did Adoption, too. Um, Very same same vibes. Um, But, uh, no, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end. Um, So one of my favorite parts here is when Joel decides that he doesn't want to forget. When he's like, when he starts like screaming in his when head. When he's actively trying to like yeah. make that choice in his subconscious. Yeah. When he's right. like, do you hear me? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, he's like screaming inside of his head, but then it cuts to his apartment and he's just like asleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then Elijah and Mark have their whole very unethical conversation. Um, damn Elijah Wood, you creepy. Yeah. Patrick. Yeah, we don't like Patrick. There's not one point where he redeems himself. Even Mark Ruffalo was like, dude, Dude. that's fucked up. And there's no consent. There's absolutely no consent going on in that scenario. No, not at all. And in a way, it's almost like he's also being Cyrano. And the fact of he's utilizing somebody else's, literally the person that she was in love with before, and she doesn't remember, and using it all against her... Because he's just, like, infatuated with her. Well, and that that kind of um, is something that Kate plays so beautifully in this. So when Kate has blue hair is when she's going through her, like, identity, right? Because, and, and who's helping that along? Fucking Patrick, because he stole all of Joel's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's using the exact same lines. So Clem is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, like, a deja vu, and I feel like... Like, wrong, right? And, she, and because he's there, she's reaching out to him, freaking out, like, I feel weird, this, that, the other thing is happening. And he's there the whole time, not realizing he's the reason she's, like, all fucked about it all. Yeah, he, like, makes it weirder. Oh, my God. It's, it, oh, my God. It's this whole thing. <clears throat> um, So, they have, okay. So, Joel, as you pointed out. We start at the last time that we see Clem and, like, move backwards. So we get their fights, right? They have the baby fight. 
How awkward. But she's right. She's right. I under like he's mumbling things under his breath. She's probably she's probably at that point in the relationship where she's like, I'm done with your mumbling. You can't just bring up something like that and disregard it saying we're talking about it later because then, you know, it'll never be talked about later because she's already so frustrated at that point. And she rightfully says, if this isn't something that we want to talk about, why are we not ending this now? Because I like I think people forget that. It's okay if you don't want kids. That's not what it's about. But you can still love somebody so much and want very different things. And ultimately, that's going to, you know, you have to kind of sever the tie there, no matter how much it hurts. Because in the end, that's not what either of you want. It's such a devastating fight, too. And, you know, they have it on the street. They have it in public. Uh, and, and which is interesting because in the tapes, Joel says, like, I was embarrassed to be with her in public. You know, and, you know, it's just I'm getting like, some strong Reed vibes. You know how I feel about Reed. It's just like, wow, gosh, you know, and oh, my God. But then, uh, you know, I I can see I, I can see both sides of this relationship. That is is the thing, you know, because like my my gut wants to go with with Clem. But but I can also feel the frustration here. With, with right. Joel too, like I, I get, like I get it, you know. I don't, and I don't know if it's because I'm watching this now as opposed to if I had watched it in, when it came out in 2005, that you understand where both people are coming from. And you know how sometimes, and you know, when you're reading relationships or you're watching relationships, there's a clear person where you're like, I'm team so and so, and I'm team so and so. I didn't feel like I was on. I mean, maybe there were certain moments like when he made that comment to her, and they're like, last time we saw her fight. But I didn't feel like anybody was the the bad guy. You just see so much of it. And even when, you know, part of the, going to Lacuna was saying, like, well, tell us what you remember. They are both very much in a bitter, volatile, worst versions of themselves, end of a relationship version of themselves, so when they're recounting all these memories, they're not remembering the best parts. Like, you know, when the relationship was good, it was really good. They're remembering everything that has been so hurtful and harmful that brought them in to that very negative state. So I don't think that was fair. They were like saying some things that were hurtful. And then obviously at the end of the film, they wind up hearing what each other were saying. Um, but it was very much like... You, I, I almost felt like that's what they were saying emotionally and out of hurt and frustration. Not maybe not because they truly thought that. Joel says something to Clem when she has like tangerine hair, uh, no roots. Um, when they're in bed, which is right. like the picture that you see, like when they're, you know, they're both kind of like that, and she's holding the mug. Like that is the picture that comes to mind when you think of eternal sunshine that and like the movie poster. But Joel says like constantly talking isn't communicating. And she gets so angry. She's like, I don't do that. I don't do that. And, and you can tell that he's like, yeah, yeah, you do. And you can tell also that she's kind of like, Ooh, I do, but I and I also feel again like not, but like I is he right? Yes, but I do understand where she's coming from, for like personally, where you're kind of filling that void because if the other person isn't going, because she says you don't talk, you don't share, you don't communicate, like you don't, and that's where he says the comment, which absolutely makes sense, but it's like she's filling that communication void. Because she's making up for both of them. And she's like, I tell you everything. I tell you everything that pops into my head. You tell me nothing. Like, what do you write about in your journal if you don't have, like, uh, what what is it? Like, if you don't have any, like, thoughts or passions or love, like, what is it? Um, and I just find it so interesting because she says that comment. And when you go back and he's going through all of his stuff to get rid of her, like she is everywhere. Like he draws her, he paints her, he writes about her, like all of this stuff. She's everywhere. They have the dining dead scene, which I find is really interesting because Joel is just is um, he they're out to dinner and she's like, you know, we're not talking. Like, are we those couples that just like don't talk anymore? Like, 
Like, what is it? He's like looking around and like other couples aren't talking. He's like, is this us? Like, are we? And he's realizing he like he is realizing that it's not working anymore. Right? right. Like this is him kind of being like, oh, my God. But then he he's also starting to 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 fight in his head because um because uh, he starts to fight after this. But this scene cuts to um Patrick giving giving um Clem who Clem has blue hair now um Joel's gift his Valentine's Day gift which is fucking creepy it's so unethical it is so bad it's so bad and and what is so heartbreaking about this is she opens it and you can tell she's like people now you her face is just like I'm gonna hate this but as a viewer when she says oh my gosh like nobody has ever gotten me jewelry let alone jewelry that I relate to that gets me and you know it's from Joel yeah like he and he and that's what he went to give her when she had no memory and you're just like you dick like oh my god you're so you're so oh my gosh you're just you're just awful you're just awful um so right after this we're we're cutting to when Clem has what I'm going to call red hair um it could be like her deep, like deep, her deep, like tangerine color, you know, but I, I see it in my head as like rose titanic red. Okay. Um, that, that's what, what I call it. So my notes, I had tangerine and I was like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's more like, it's more like red and red is like when they're happy, right? Like mm-hmm. that is like their happiest. And it's when I start to cry because I cry so hard in the blanket scene um, I might even when I might even tear up now when they're under the covers. Yeah. And she's like, when I was a kid, like, you know, I felt invisible and, you know, nobody listened to me and I was ugly. So I had a doll and I named her Clementine. Like, oh, my God. Like, and if I could just make her pretty, then I could be pretty. And then and then what does Joel do? He like comes over. He's like, you're pretty, you're pretty, you're pretty. And then like Joel, you know, like conscious like Joel in there, it starts to fight. And he's like, let me keep this one. That's the moment that he's like, please not. That's yeah. when he starts to fight. He's like, not this memory. Please don't let me this keep this one. Yeah, this oh, one. my God. Oh, I'm like tearing up thinking about it. That's when it like really gets me. It's like, oh, my God. Um, But then you have like the the lake, right? Um. Just my notes here are just like Joel fighting for it, Joel fighting for it, Joel um ha- like happy on the lake. Yeah, he was happy in the lake, but that was the moment that he had to find her in her subconscious to get her to fight also. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. The, that so like when they start running, right? Yes. Like and then like and she and it hasn't clicked with her yet because she hasn't she's still maybe like her memories were like just further removed but she didn't process that they weren't together in that moment and she just was like wait why do we keep running like we keep we keep running everywhere why do we keep running um so i one of my my favorite scene in the whole movie is the blanket scene obviously like but one of my other favorite scenes is um the 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 rowboat when they're in the rowboat and then it starts to like rain inside when when they're just about to like really start running, um, but you know they're in the woods and um, you know she that's when Clem and I find it so funny because Clem is the one that is like just take me like take me somewhere deep and hide me like she has to be the one to like no this this could work like just take me there I just love it but. Uh, my one of my favorite scenes is when it does start to rain inside, and both of their faces are just like, and it, uh, it's because that was the moment they realized that what they were actively doing, yeah, like subconsciously was working. Yes, uh, it's just so it's so incredibly incredibly beautiful. Um, and then we get and then because then it starts to really cut now the movie then starts to get like a little chaotic and that's when the notes start to go but we cut back to clem and she's got blue hair and that's when um patrick he starts to to say like nice and she's like what what is this with nice and she starts like freaking out or how about when um well that's with her freaking out but then when uh, Joel is under, but he keeps hearing the external voices of Patrick and Mark Ruffalo. And he's like seeing something at some point where, oh, 
that Patrick was on the phone with Clem mm-hmm. and it says Tangerine, and that was his nickname. That was Joel's nickname for Clementine, and that's when he goes, "That's not anywhere." And that's another thing where he goes, "I think the fuck not." You trick ass bitch. Yeah. And and I do like how like different times throughout the movie, whenever Joel run in, runs in to um to like the doctor or 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 Clem, he's like, He stole your underwear. Like he did he stole your underwear. Like, oh it's it's so funny. Oh, I just I just love it. I love it so much. Um I love love watching them as kids. Right. Like, oh, but then yeah. we get like the trauma, like uh, the hammer and the bird, like, oh, my God, the, the trauma. But then we get um, we get we get the title of the movie in the movie. Right. Like, mm-hmm. with, they did with the quote, thing. yeah, they did the thing. Actually, that's what it said in my notes. It says, said the thing. Um, <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. Uh, and then we get this whole thing with Mary and the doctor. So tell me, tell me about this because this part of the movie is when it kind of starts to unravel with them. So, so basically, what happened was, you know, the brain mapping is happening at where is it at Joel's house? Yeah, it's at his apartment. Yeah, because it kind of threw me off how it started in the Lacuna offices, but then it transfers over to his couch or his couch bed or whatever. So anyway. Patrick is like, I gotta go, gotta go see like my unethical, like my unethicalness girlfriend. So Patrick leaves, and Kirsten Dunst is already over at this point, so she's hooking up with Mark Ruffalo, and then the subconscious, you know, then Joel and Clem are taking over their, me- like taking back their memories because they don't want them to be erased, and it's fucking up the whole data tech. science part of it so Mark Ruffalo calls the doctor who oversees the whole thing in the middle of the night so they call in the middle of the night and I knew there was something really I picked up on this that even the wife was like what is happening and so then the doctor comes over and they try to remap everything they're like oh we got everything back up and running only to find that they that Joel and Clem take it back again they're going back and forth so this is after kirsten dunce and mark ruffalo hook up and then mark ruffalo goes out to the car for something i can't remember what and the doctor's there and kirsten dunce is there and they're exchanging like famous quotes one of them was like nietzsche's blessed are the forgetful for they get they get the better even of their blunders they're going back and forth with that and then she kisses him and then they he's like i'm married i have kids blah 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 but then they keep kissing. Doctor's wife pulls up, sees them hooking up, and Mark Ruffalo is already upset because he literally just hooked up with the girl and actually really liked her. So she, you know, the wife sees, they all come out, and she goes, this is just a stupid crush. It's just me. It's He pushed me away. Please have him take him back. And the wife goes he's all yours or you already have. And that's when it clicked that she re- like, that's when she finds out they already had an affair and the doctor, ba- like there's the unethics there. The doctor, I feel like experimented on her first, like, cl- like patient zero to see if this would work. And he knew the whole time he didn't do it to himself. He knew the whole time. And Kirsten Dunst's character found out about it. And then this is like where everything starts spiraling, takes all his client information and gives it. And it's not like HIPAA. She doesn't violate HIPAA in sense of going, sharing all the information. She's returning the information back to the rightful owners. There's just so much to unpack because we get, and I, I was talking about this with you earlier, we get Kirsten, we get her tape. So, like, we get her, like, she was not forced into, like, giving up her memories, right? Like, this is is not, like, that. this is not that situation. No, no, no. She wanted to. She was like, I I, I I can't live with, you know, without you type situation. Like, that's what this was because they knew it was wrong. Like, that's what this was. And we get that through her tape. But, like, 
she is still just beyond and like rightfully so like yeah but it's weird because it, it, it's just weird right like it's a weird situation uh ugh. but so we so that happens she starts giving back everybody their tapes and now we're full circle and we're back to the quote-unquote beginning of the movie and at this point uh, Joel and Clementine, you know, they just kind of spent the night out. They just wanted to be together. They, th- their day wasn't over. Their night wasn't over. They still wanted to spend time together. So Joel's bringing Clem back to her house and he's like, come on, you're home. And she goes, can I just, I'm still so tired. Can I sleep at your house? Let me just grab my toothbrush. So she goes into her house, grabs her toothbrush, grabs her mail. And she's like, oh, this is weird. I got this letter. So she doesn't even remember Lacuna at all and pops the tape in and and Joel's a little bit weirded out because rightfully obviously so. He, rightfully so he, he's like, is this a fucking prank? Like, are you, what the hell is this? Kicks her out because they just had this whole wonderful night and I'm not a stranger and I'm not a stalker. They had all these jokey conversations. Now everything's on tape of like how much she doesn't like this person that she's sitting next to right now. And she's just as confused and then again, we come back to another full circle moment from the beginning of the movie where he goes home and finds the lacuna letter that we see him holding when he's talking to his friends about the gift. So he never opened it in that moment. And I'm sorry, I'm like really, <laughs> I'm like really into it. So then he hears it and she goes over to his house after hearing her own tape and she's hearing all the things that are being said that he was telling the scientists <laughs> and therapists. Oh, so I'm going to back you up a little bit. There's um, a lot going on. There's I'm a sorry. lot going on. There's a lot going on. I want to go to the day that they met. The day that they met, she has green hair. The day that they met is um, they. He goes to the party. And he sees her in the distance and she's in an orange sweatshirt and she goes and sits next to him and like borrows his chicken and they have this like connection, right? He already has, he's already has a significant other at yeah, this point. He already has, he's with Naomi at this point. Um, and he, he has, he has this like moment where he, where they're, they're, they're just like talking, right? They're just talking. Yeah. And they're not doing anything. Yeah. He's, he's like, you know, and Clementine, he's like, you know, and I, I thought your name was magical and it was just like this, ah, it's it's just, it's just really good. It's really good. And, um, so what, what do they do? So they go to the Montauk house. This is this like fantastic scene. They go to the Montauk house and and we get like what actually happened to a point. And then we get Kate coming we get Kate. And then she's like, you know, I came back downstairs and you weren't there. And Joel's like, you freaked me out. Like I thought you were crazy. I thought, I think the quote is like, I thought you were a nut. Um, he, you know, and, uh, I was scared and I, I walked out, um, and, oh, and, and she's like, and, and, you know, you, you left, like, why did you go? Was it something I said? And Joel's like, yeah, you, you said, uh, so go with such disdain. He's like, and I, and I was scared. I felt like a little kid. I was over my head. And, and it's so interesting because then, and then we get the scene where like the, the waves are coming in and the house is crashing down because this is it. This is the last memory that they have together. Um, and then she says like, you know, come back, like give me a goodbye. He's like, I can't, like I, I left. There is no memory. He's, and she's like, well, just, we'll just make one. We'll make one just like right now. And, and then she's like, you know, what if you stayed? Meet me in Montauk. Meet me in Montauk. And she says that. And then, that's you know and then you know that's that's how it starts he wakes up the next day and then he goes it's just so good and he says like you know she was she was just this girl um driving back in the car with his friends you know she was nice um it's just oh it's just so 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 wonderful and this is my last page of notes um so you mentioned that they, they have this wonderful night on the lake together. And that image of them on the lake with the crack is, like, iconic. It's well, just, I mean, how telling, right? Seeing yeah. that huge crack and that's where they are positioned. Yeah. I mean, the the 
I, I, the storytelling is in every frame, it feels, of this movie. It's beautiful. It's just so, so beautiful. Um, I really, really love that um, the things that they... So I, I, as you said, like they, they hear each other's tapes. And what they say is like fucking vicious, right? Like he's boring. He changed me. Like I, I hate that. And he's like, she's dumb. I, I hated how she said library. I couldn't take her out in public. Uh, you know, she. I thought she would change my life. I, I, you know, she, I thought she was this like burning meteorite that would, that would just like, you know, take me and make my life interesting. And she's not, she's just this like broken girl, um, who's like desperate and insecure. Right. And it's just like, whoa. And they, they hear each saying the worst, the I, I worst just... things, like the worst things. And she's also saying like really awful oh, things. Oh yeah, they like, both are. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God. And then, as you said, it ends where they they both hear this stuff about each other and they're just like I don't like I don't I don't care like I still I still want to try. So like that that is where it's like is this is this like a sad depressing movie? I don't think so. I think this is like this beautiful kind of movie about fate and how like the like people will like come back to it. You know, you know what I mean? I put in my notes they remet despite their entire memory loss and they still have a connection. Yeah, they still have a connection. And and it's just like knowing that they're that knowing that if they don't change who they are, they're doomed. They're still going to try again. And it's already started out different. And they have like all of this stuff. It's it's, it's like already different, you know, like I just find it so beautiful and and so real. Ugh, it's just it's just it's so good. Um, so I watched this on Valen- You know, I try to watch this on Valentine's Day every day, but there was availability issues when I was abroad. But oh, this is like your annual V Day watch. Yeah, and it's a movie that is like not. It's not a typical like Valentine's Day movie, but it gives me the same feeling that Moulin Rouge gives me, where okay. it's like an emotional journey, but at the end of it, you're like. A little bit kind of like, uh, but, but you're, you're still thinking about it. And that's what I want, especially on like a Valentine's Day where, you know, you never know, right? Like it could go either way. Uh, and this is just this beautiful, creative love story that I, I don't know. I don't know. I love, I don't uh, feel like it's this, this. And I guess some people will be like, is this a movie about hope? Is this a sad movie? Is this, I don't feel like it's a sad movie. It's, there's, there is hope. It's beautifully told. I think I told you when we were, when I was going to watch this and I was just going to watch this once and then we were going, you know, do whatever we need to do, how we usually uh, do our episodes. And then you said, rewatch it if you get a chance. What I did was, the second the credits started rolling, I started it immediately after. And I that, that might seem a little much, but I feel like there's so much you can connect. If you liked it, first you have to like it to go back. And especially like how like it's a very niche stylistic approach in the cinematography. So if you enjoy that type of style, then it's easy to go back in and not even five minutes into you know, we don't even know the title of the movie yet, essentially. He says this line of, oh, oh, he's writing in his journal and he says, you know, I guess it's been two years since they've written in here. Oh, that's weird. I, I ripped a couple pages out. I don't remember doing that. But because I had already done the first watch, I know exactly why the two pages are there. It's just that connection of how how intertwined and how... um what's the word that I'm looking for? Aware of every, how everything is connected and everything plays a part in the overall story. I think you, I I wouldn't have necessarily picked up on it if I did a rewatch a couple months from now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really one of those things where you, you do absolutely benefit from an immediate rewatch because as you said, it pays off immediately. Uh, and it, and it just kind of solidifies the story for you and it solidifies the timeline for you right. because like the timeline's a bitch the first time through. 
Like you really, you really kind of have to look, and you have to watch. This isn't like a half-assed. I'm gonna play on my phone and scroll social while watching this because everything is very intentional throughout this. Absolutely, and it's a lot of um, like handy cam. You can tell, like you know, there's somebody there, like on the shots and stuff, and um, it, oh, it's just so good, and the colors. The colors in this movie just really pop. And that has to be intentional because we track the relationship through her hair colors. Uh, But gosh, you know, I scoured the world for an orange sweatshirt for a few years, like after this came out. And I never found one that was quite the right shade, but like, damn, did I try. Um, I love this movie. This is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. And, you know, I say that being very familiar with this catalog. Um, is it my fa- Kate, fa- favorite Kate Winslet movie? Yeah, probably. Uh, I have read that this is her favorite role. So, you know, if this is her favorite role, then damn, you know, who am I to say? Uh, I, I just, I, I love it. It is so original. And I have actually never met anyone besides a uh, friend of show Rachel and friend of show Becky that have seen this movie. I had never even heard of it till you said, oh, you know, this would be a good, like, Valentine's Day episode to cover. And I looked at you like, I- I've never heard of this movie at all. And you looked at me like I had three heads. And I mean, I think it's just whatever I was going through in 2005. It wasn't even on my catalog. It wasn't even on my radar. I was probably watching Mandy Moore and fucking li- Freely Liberty or something. <laughs> Very different experiences in 2005. Very different, but I'm so sorry. So appreciative because I love that this did make me think. It did. It, it makes you think. It makes you uh, all the things. And I feel like, and I, this is also, you know, we always talk about revisiting certain things as we're older, or even when we're older, we have new life experiences since like the initial time you may have consumed media, like whatever you're watching or reading or anything. So it feels so. You understand, like, I I just, I was watching it and I feel like it was just such a a mature take and under, like, just balancing out both and then understanding, you know, even, even them in their most emotional, volatile, hurtful versions of themselves, they recognized, wait, I don't want to forget all of this. And unfortunately, they still do. Yeah, that, that's the tragedy of it. Like, they do. It happens. They they don't win the fight. Although you could argue, but like, did they? Because they did re-meet the next day after Joel. But like, But no. they re-met with like a blank slate. Yeah. And then learned about the... But see, then they learned about the traumas that happened. And, and, oh, my God. It's like Simon. <laughs> it's that- like he's learning of the... They're learning the traumas, but they don't have the emotional memory. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna cry. I would just like to point out that when I said that I would address something that I was thinking about later, <laughs> this is that thing that she got to on her own. We are so proud of you. Look at you. Oh, I'm trying not to cry. Oh, it's so upsetting. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just keep talking. No, I I will not try to connect everything to Shadowhunters, but this was just like one of those oh. really interesting things when we're talking about like memory and 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 trauma and not having an emotional connection behind it, and then but knowing it's there, but knowing it's there, and then deciding to do it anyway because you still have chemistry with the person. There you go. <laughs> you got there on your own. It's so like, great. Why? It's so, it's so great. It's so great. Um, so to answer your question that you posed to everybody at the beginning of the episode, would I go through this procedure? No, no, I would not because I um, will make my best art when I'm sad. So no, no, I would not. I would, I would always keep, always keep. Yeah. And I feel like, especially like these specific memories that just people in general are trying to delete of course, in those moments, it's easy, you know, make the impulsive decision, if you will. But who you are now is based on the worst moments of your life also. Ugh. Ugh. 
So, Jess, will you recommend this to people? Yeah, I want to watch it with my like I would. I want to watch it with my family because yeah. I think they'd be they'd be like. What are we watching? You're like, what but is also, this? it feel. I, I, I feel. I, I, I'm ready to watch it next weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's so good, and, and it brings like all the emotions, right? Like all yeah. the emotions. It's just so wonderful. Um, so I mentioned that my favorite scene is the under the blanket scene, the I'm pretty scene. Uh, do you have a favorite? I don't want to say I don't have a favorite yet. I feel like I'm still taking it all in. This is fair. This is absolutely fair. Uh, I I know, and I I did say that I don't read anything about this. This is true, but um, I have looked at like like Rotten Tomato. Like this is more or less like universally loved. Like this is a fantastic movie. Well, I was looking, and we'll post them in the show notes. I was looking up articles initially because you know Laura is the expert. She's the connoisseur in this movie, so I felt like I needed to research. Like I always do. <laughs> And I had read and I had read the Looper article with all the behind the scenes and also very sad, like how they basically I feel like they emotionally abused Jim Carrey in this in taking this. That's just my opinion based on the background information on that article. Um, and then there was an article on Screen Rant, again, show notes. Um, I read the headline. The headline says Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind ending and uh it's ending and real meaning explained and just the headline alone i didn't want to go further because i didn't want to discuss like i wanted to discuss our experiences watching it not the quote-unquote real meaning because this is gonna sound pretentious i'm sorry but like art is all about perception so how one person is going to perceive and and you know film and movies is a type of art, you know, I didn't want that to be skewed based on an article. And that's why I think I go into a lot of things blind, too, because everybody's a critic. Everybody's going to have their own opinion, but somebody's opinion shouldn't alter mine. And especially, too, like, um, people have a really set in stone opinion of Jim Carrey. Like, yeah, there there is not a lot of like mind changing you can do it. Jim Carrey, people either respect him as a dramatic like actor for, you know, Man on the Moon and the Truman Show and this or, or they don't because, you know, it's like kind of one or the other. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I could never. But I do know that uh, like Rotten Tomatoes, this is great. Like people people love this. Uh, there is not a lot you can say. It, it won an Oscar for original screenplay. Um, you know, Kate was up, I believe, for an Oscar. Um, she did not win. How could she? But how could she not even be nominated? Like this is this this film screams award season. It does, and you know, no love for Jim Carrey here, and it's just it's just a shame uh, because he's just so so fantastic. This was a good role. It's a good. I mean, granted, like, like I like I said, I never saw Man on the Moon, but he, I can't imagine why he wouldn't have been nominated. It, it, it's just wonderful. This is easily my favorite role of his. Yeah. And e- the Grinch. Easily. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the Grinch, well, the Grinch is different. The Grinch is different. But that's like, they're two very, very different. Well, that's range. That That's right. range. Right. <laughs> um, no, so fantastic. Um, I, I just I just love this movie. I would, I would love for more people to uh, watch this movie so we can get some like merch on this. Uh, there's, there's stuff out there, but they're, you know, a little bit more. A little bit more would be great. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Just uh, watch it, love it. And, you know, I believe it's about hope and about fate. And that's what I choose to believe. And also, like, if you do choose to, if you haven't watched it and you choose to watch it after listening to this, know that even though we kind of went through the movie, it's not really spoilery because watching it, and experiencing it, even though you might know the outcome, is it's going to be very different once you actually expose yourself to it. I think that's important to know because it's like sometimes if you get spoiled, you're like, oh, I don't want to watch it anymore. But like the visual experience and like the story itself, the way it unfolds is I, I don't know. I think you have to even after hearing this, you could watch it and be like, wait, that might now that I could kind of see where Jessica and Laura are coming from. Well, Jess, would you get your memories removed? No. 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 I thought I was watching it at the beginning and I was thinking I probably like that. I think like, would I have gotten it at my lowest, worst part of my life? 
in a rash decision, I might have. But again, in the lowest, most rash part of my life, I bought, you know, I planned a vacation to Europe. So like that seemed a little bit healthier. But I go back to what I had said a little bit ago is who you are now is like it's also built off of those worst moments, not just the good. And you're not going to learn anything if you don't keep the bad also. Words to live by. Words to live by. <laughs> Thank you for listening, of course. And feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you feel ever so kind, please feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever your listening platform allows ratings. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. And we love doing little movie reviews. Let us know. Bye.